All right, welcome everybody to our latest Between the Races podcast on the MX Vice Network. Thank you for listening and supporting the site. We really appreciate it. We'd first like to thank our sponsors in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, ASU Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, O'Neill, and of course, Even Strokes for all their incredible support. As without them, none of this would be possible. All right, we've also got a quick shout out to give to Whole Shot Motorhome for jumping on board to sponsor our upcoming podcast. Whole Shot Motorhomes is the UK's specialist motorhome dealer for motorsport transport. They specialize in garage motorhomes and race vans that are suitable for a wide variety of sports such as motocross, enduro, karting, mountain biking, and more. So check them out online at their website. We have an article post on our website about them and a YouTube video. So be sure to go check them out. All right, for this episode, we're back joined by the great man Mick Sinclair from Aussie Supercross, fresh off wrapping up the series for the third podcast this one, mate. The viewers and the listeners are really enjoying these ones, so how's life and thanks for joining us. Thanks very much for having me again, Ed. It's uh, great to be here uh, to wrap up Australian Supercross with you. Yeah, mate, absolutely. Cheers. I know it must have been a massive weekend in Melbourne, so before we sort of tuck into some other topics, how was it for you? Sort of give us a recap, another sort of superbly executed round. So many storylines, obviously. What were your highlights of the weekend? Obviously saw you met Ricky Johnson there, which must have been pretty awesome, mate. So you want to start with that and then I guess going to Dean Wilson, winning his first title in 12 years. Sort of Aussie series has given him a chance to sort of get some happiness and some positives back, a little bit of a renaissance for him and ANSI going back to back, doing the AusX and then the WSX on the Saturday as well. So our UK audience is certainly happy with these Brits crushing it, mate. So all good from our end on MX Vice. People have been really enjoying it. So how is it from your perspective? Yeah, look, it was a big weekend and, um, you know, from an Australian Supercross side, um, it, it's always a pleasure working alongside um, the SX Global crew and World Supercross. I mean, uh, we're pretty fortunate that World Supercross comes into town and Australian Supercross can jump on the back of that and, you know, have our final round of the Australian Supercross Championship in at Marvel Stadium on the Friday night too because, um, you know, if it wasn't for World Supercross, coming into town and using Marvel, um, I don't think we would be using that stadium for Australian Supercross. Um, so it's definitely, you know, an amazing stadium um, in an amazing city. I'm pretty biased towards Melbourne. It's my hometown. But, um, you know, it's definitely a really cool stadium to use for Supercross. So, again, we're very lucky that uh, World Supercross are in town and we can jump on the back of that. Um, look, it definitely has its challenges a little bit. Um being on the Friday night, you know, um, you know, the attendance was still great. I still think we had, you know, um, well, we, we sold 13,000 tickets for Saturday night, but um, it was quite, uh, for Friday night, but it was quite difficult that Friday night um, getting into the city is quite hard. It was pouring down rain and there was, unfortunately, it was two serious um, accidents, road accidents, Friday night, um, which gridlocked getting in to the city from both directions. So that made it difficult for people to get in. In saying that, we still had around 10,000 there, which was huge. You know, it's great for Australian Supercross. Um, we sold 13 and a half. So I know a lot of people who had uh, who had two-day tickets um, were stuck in that traffic and really just didn't make it. Um, so that was a bit of a bummer. But overall, we still had a good crowd. I mean, Marvel... Stadium holds 55,000. So when you've got 10,000 in there, it doesn't look full, look quite empty. Um, but it was still a really good crowd for us, and we were thrilled with that. Uh, from a racing point of view, I mean, yeah, it was great. We're back to the traditional format. Um, 
and every class provided some really good action. It was going to be interesting, you know, with Dino only needing two points to wrap it up, but also racing on Saturday night. It was interesting to see which way he was going to go. Was he going to push it? Was he just going to sit back and get those couple of points? No one really knew what he was going to do, um, <clears throat> but he went out there and gave it everything. He was absolutely trashed after that race on Friday night um, when we were doing some, you know, media stuff with him for Australian Supercross afterwards. You could just see he just wanted to get back and we were trying to speed it up because we knew we had to race the next night. But it was a full-size gnarly Supercross track and it was a 20-lap race. Um, and you could tell he was spent, absolutely stuffed. Um, so... He didn't hold back. He definitely went at it. Same with Max. Max, you know, put it all on the line again. That guy is just so fit, though. Like, he did that 15-lap moto or that 15-lap supercross race, and he and it was quite warm and humid in there in that stadium, and he was hardly sweating. Um, so it was good. The SX3 class, Parker Ross did what he needed to do. You know, he's pretty talented, that kid. Um I don't know. I mean, hopefully that Konski can keep bringing him out. I don't know about him racing SX3. I'd love to see him in SX2 because um, I think he'd still take it to max perhaps. Um, and then, yeah, Cooper Ford and the 85cc class, man, that was that was a really cool race to watch as well. So overall, you know, good crowd, great racing um, from a, a competitor number we still had 125 entries which is fantastic for australian supercross um keep in mind that at round one in 2022 australian supercross had 41 entries uh, round one this year we had 129 uh, and for round three we still had 125 even though we lost a few we lost you know matt moss we'd lost tanty we'd lost um jack mather we'd lost a bunch of Cannon. yep Exactly. So we lost a bunch of guys, but, you know, um, the numbers remained consistent across the three rounds. So that was really good. Obviously, the 85 class, um, you know, helped pick that up. But the SX3 class had the highest amount of entries in Melbourne, which is really cool. So, um, you know, I've got my opinion on that class. Um, I think it's it's great, but, I, you know, I, I, I'll... You know, speaking as Mick Sinclair, the fan of Supercross and not from AME, I would love to see um that capped at 17 not 19 um and then push more into the sx2 class um and i i don't think you should be able to defend a championship in that class either i think sx3 is a development class and i think if you win one you probably should go up to sx2 um no disrespect to jack may though you know he's he's a bad dude on a bike and i really like him and his program and and everything i just you know that's just my personal opinion other people may not have the same opinion and that's fine um I'm not the one making the rules at MA, so that's just just my opinion. Um, but who knows? Um, we may see some changes with that. We may not next year. It's definitely uh, something that we'll discuss with them. Um, but, yeah, overall, Melbourne was great, and it was just a really good end to the 2023 championship. I mean, I'm sitting here, and what, what day is it? Tuesday or Wednesday? Wednesday. Wednesday. Um, you know, it's a bit of a bummer that it's it's all over already. You know, it was only three rounds, but as man uh, from Adelaide, it's just been a blur since then for us and our team. And um, you know, we've all been working pretty hard at these three rounds. I don't think most people would understand what goes into 
you know, a Supercross round like this, especially with a small team. It's, you know, from an AME side of things, it's me and, and four girls and, and Ethan as well, our graphic designer. And, you know, the four girls in there are absolute superstars and they um don't come from a, a racing background or Supercross background, but they've all picked it up quite quickly in a couple of years and what they bring to the series um, you know that they bring the smarts I kind of bring the knowledge I'd like to think and um, yeah we're just a really good team and I um, enjoy working with the, those girls a lot and I think that we've you know changed the mindset of um, the competitors and perhaps a lot of the fans uh, for Australian Supercross and AME this year um, when I started at AME earlier this year I think I mentioned to you in a previous show that there seemed to be a bit of negativity around Australian Supercross and towards AME. Um, but I think we've really turned that around in the opposite direction and the feedback we're getting um, on Australian Supercross and AME has been really good. Like it's been quite nice. And I think we've got a lot of momentum going forward and, and purely that's just come down to, we made a couple of big promises. We rolled out a couple of big programs and that, that could have easily, you know, turned to shit and not rolled them out, but everything we said we were going to do, we've done. Um, and I think, you know, you got to put your money where the, your mouth is and, and we've done that. And I think um, that's, you know, changed the the mindset of, of everyone towards us and Australian Supercross. Yeah, mate, absolutely well said. Before we sort of get back onto the structure and how the series has gone, it obviously means so much to these riders. You look at Clout having that win and, you know, he's had such a massive last couple of years with so much adversity and injuries and Wilson and Nancy, it means so much to them, these guys and all the rivalries, the sort of Aussies versus the internationals. It's clearly grown into a really established series, even more so than it has been in the past. So I guess that must be a massive positive and you probably should even see some more heavy hitters coming back next year from the US, UK, all over even. Who knows? Even some French guys might come out. You never know. There's a lot of guys with the talent that probably want to be, you know, getting on that entry list for next year, mate. So it's really cool to see the importance of it. It's, yeah, you're right what you're saying. And, and, and yeah, I hadn't really thought too much about that, but I was walking around the World Supercross pits on Friday and I was, I was having a chat with um, Dustin Pipes and his dad walked up and um, he said, oh, you're the Australian Supercross guy. I'd actually met him before in Birmingham. Um, and he said to me that he watched Newcastle and he really enjoyed it. And he congratulated us on a fantastic, you know, an event and, and season. And he goes, man, we're all watching it. So, you know, that that surprised me a little bit. Um, it was a really nice feeling to know that we are being watched and, you know, we're, we're also being watched and people are enjoying it because normally if you, if those guys, you know, people in the U S are watching it, you just hear on, on the, on the online, you know, all the negative things they are quite, but you know, they don't really talk about the good things. So you only really hear about stuff when it's shit. Um, and yeah, we haven't heard too much. So that's a really good feeling to know that these guys are watching it and they're stoked with it. And yeah, like you said, who knows who comes out next year? Um, mate, we'll take anyone and everyone, bring it on. Even, you know, I got a call from Mike Sleater, um, who runs Stark out here in Australia. And he called me just before Marvel and mentioned that the CEO, Anton, him and Anton had been talking and Anton's been watching the series and wants to have a Stark factory team in Australian Supercross next year. And then they want to come out here and win it. And, you know, whether that happens or not, because I know they're having some trouble um, lining up 
in supercross races and i saw taddy got knocked back last weekend at the enduro cross or whatever they call it super enduro um so i know they're having some trouble but again it's still nice to know these guys are uh watching us and they want to be a part of it so that's really cool Yeah, well said, mate. It's obviously you know, a testament to what you're saying is all the riders and teams putting so much effort in, into promoting it and getting behind it. And even you look at Dylan Wills' pit setup the last couple of rounds, like that's just Yeah, not how for cool nothing. is that? That's so impressive. And obviously we did some coverage of that and it's really cool. And even the wildcard guys in the Australian series going to WSX, you know that they're watching and they're seeing who the guys they want to sort of fill out their rosters with. You see Reese Budd doing a great job in the 450 class there. So it's pretty cool little subplots to follow as well, mate, for these guys. And it does open some doors for them, which we saw with the WX wildcards too, didn't we? Yeah, that was cool. It was really cool to see Cloudy and Nathan Crawford. I think they were running one, two at one point, and I thought that was really cool to watch. I think it was a heat race. Um, and even even Crawford getting a whole shot and leading for a, a couple of laps was really cool as a wild card. So, Bit of Wilsey yeah. on Freezy. Yeah, that was that was quite funny. I'm like, Wilsey, what are you doing? That was always unless unless Freezy hit the deck, that was always gonna come back at him and it did. But man, it was still pretty cool to watch. It was quite funny. Yeah, so that was pretty cool, mate. Sort of a nice little pathway and something to get themselves in the shop window, which Caleb Byron was saying to me when I spoke to him last week. He was just so excited at the opportunity. So all good stuff's happening, mate. So much positivity. And I guess you're a man that sort of has high expectations, you and the team, for what you are to achieve. Because you mentioned last time, it's on us to put on the show. People are paying money for the tickets. They can't just be average, you know. So I guess how were the expectations? Did you hit them? Did you feel as you envisioned? Obviously, the team really accommodating with everything. You guys were helping everyone from the media to team structures to get everything sorted, passes on time. And I reckon you delivered on a lot of those promises, mate. So I guess you probably come out feeling pretty happy and it's good that there's a communication sort of pathway that's clear concise honest and obviously like you mate you convey your messages pretty clearly and you sort of have that never die wondering attitude like you mentioned so you believe you hit the marks in many areas mate I think we did. Um, like Again, I think, you know, everything we said we were going to do, we delivered on. I mean, there was one thing that we didn't deliver on, and that was announcing the 24 calendar. Um, so I'm a bit, bit bummed about that, but there's nothing we can do about that. Um, we're pretty close, um, and we've got venues and dates locked in. We're just waiting on some um, something, uh, yeah, just some government stuff um, in Queensland, but I mean, for the most part, we're all we're all sorted. So that was the one thing we didn't deliver on. We said we would announce it at Adelaide. We didn't. We said we'd do it at Newcastle, and we didn't. And um, you know that government funding stuff just takes a bit of time, and and it doesn't always go your way. So you know if that's the one thing that we said we we're going to do and didn't deliver on, then it's probably not that bad. But um, I will say that it's not going to be next week. <laughs> Um, it's probably going to be more uh, just after Chrissy or maybe perhaps, you know, that first couple of weeks of January we'll announce the 24 calendar, and but it's all shaping up and looking pretty good. Yeah, well, obviously lots going on behind the scenes there. So expecting the same three venues plus a Queensland one. Is that what you're going for, mate? Can you share any news there? Definitely not um, the same three venues plus, plus a Queensland round. Uh, yeah, just have to wait and see. Um Yeah, looking forward to getting back to Queensland. We've got a really cool, we're working on a really cool stadium up there that suits Supercross. Um, and, you know, it's a rectangle rectangle stadium. It, um, you know, holds a good amount of people, um, you know, close to Brisbane. It's, it's, it's going to be quite good. Um, Adelaide's locked in. I think we'll be going back indoors, which would be really cool. I mean, we... I don't think I don't I don't think people 
I think a lot of people might not be too stoked about heading back to Adelaide, but I think, you know, we, we did really good and, and, you know, last year in Adelaide at the showgrounds, they had three and a half thousand people this year at Adelaide entertainment center, we had six and a half thousand people at stadium holds seven and a half thousand. So I think we'll sell that out next year. We'd be silly not to, would be silly to go back to a showground venue, you know, with, with the momentum we've got for this series. So, um, we've learned a lot at Adelaide. We listen to the feedback from everyone and we know what to do with that track. You know, we'll get riders input. We'll try and start it outside. We will try and make that, you know, really maximize that floor space, which I, I thought we did this year, but I don't think we did in the end. And I think, um, feedback from the riders and they want to help us too. So that we, you know, we'll, we'll get those guys involved and work out how we can make that, um, uh, make more use of that floor space. So, um, yeah stay tuned on new south wales about what's happening there and you know could be newcastle again might not be who knows um and yeah i mean i wish i could tell you more um, <laughs> but i just can't right now but yeah stay tuned and you know we didn't now announce the series this year i think it was until april or something mm. like re really late so look we're in a position now that we'll lock this away and have it out a lot earlier and we'll go on sale earlier and and, you know, go out with the same. We'll still have the same categories, um, SX1, SX2, SX3, and 85s. Um, yeah, so, you know, um, I think that we'll see participation increase as well, um, which will be good. And, yeah, we'll, we'll roll in with a bit of momentum. Yeah, great insight. It's really cool that you're getting the riders input as well because they're so important. Obviously, a lot of series sort of neglect that side of it. They just sort of focus on what they're doing and sort of don't ask and consult the people that are racing it. So that's a really good aspect of what you're doing, mate. And I guess personally for you and the team, are you sort of look back and you're proud of what you achieved so far? Did you have a celebration afterwards, mate? I don't know if there's any bonuses in the works for the people for the success of it, but I'm sure you wouldn't mind it. And yeah, it was really cool how you took ownership and you're accountable for what you did. So must be a lot of pride and that sort of tangible sense of success and what you promised you delivered. Um, we're extremely proud of what we've done again, like I, I mentioned, we're a super small, but a very mighty team there in Amy and Callie, you know, she's our MD, she's up on the Gold Coast and, um, and then we've got, you know, Ash and Alice down here in our office and, and Riley too. Um, we've got Jess, our, our, our PR girl. She's amazing. Um, Ethan, our graphic designer, we've got Wade who shoots all our content for us. And, and so look, we've got a, a small team, but you know, we've all got titles, but we all just do whatever's got to be done. Like we, we have roles and responsibility sessions, and we all come up with who's doing what, whether it's in really in our role, type, you know, job title or job description, and um, and then you know once we've got those roles and responsibilities sorted, we just you know stay in our lanes and get stuff done. You know, like on on game day, I hardly see Alice. Yeah, you know, I'm on the floor looking after the event side of things and writers um, and, and the show plan where she's more looking after accreditation and the VIP experiences and, and, and things like that. So, you know, I think at Newcastle and, and Melbourne, I mean, Melbourne, she definitely came and gave me a hand with the podium because that was a bit of a schmozzle, especially on Saturday night. But, um, you know, there's times at event where we don't cross paths at all. So we kind of just, you know, stay in our lane and get stuff done. But yeah, um, I went off a little bit then. But yeah, to your point or to your, to your question, extremely proud of what we did. Did we celebrate, mate? We we're all too knackered after Saturday night. Um, I know Kat, Adam and Kelly went to the party, I think, but I didn't make it. 
I mean, we didn't leave the stadium on Saturday night till, I don't know, I think I left about quarter past 12 because um, we had to get a PR out and Jess wrote it and we've got to, you know, just from a terminology point of view, she likes me to read over it. Um, she's brilliant with words and that, but she, they're all still new to the sport. So um, I always just cast my eye over that. So I was uh, with her waiting for, to do that. And by the time we got back out of there and to the hotel and showered, man, I just hit, I hit the hay, I was done. Um, and then Sunday, we just, I just came home and yeah, I think the girls went home, Bailey and Callie flew back. So we haven't really had time to catch up and celebrate. Um, We're all heading to the Gold Coast uh, for our Chrissy party a um, couple of weeks' time, I think. Yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah two weeks' time. Um, Bailey and Callie are flying our team up there, which is really nice of them. And we're going to do a lunch and we'll stay the night up there. And I, I guess that's when we'll celebrate and be able to reflect on what we've achieved this year, which is really cool. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Well said. It's really awesome what you've done. And obviously, what was a key highlight for you or a couple of highlights? Obviously, the Newcastle round came together really well. The effort coverage racing was all top-notch, even though the track developed quite interesting. You know, going there on press day, it was, you know, really in the early stages of getting built because of all the rain that had happened. And then those just couple of scorching days, it sort of just made it really rock hard and quite a minefield for the riders. So I guess that'd be up there. But yeah, any other highlights you'd like to particularly make note of? Obviously, We've mentioned that one that was really good, great event, the pit party. Obviously, you had Trent Marb hosting it, which he did a great job with, and the fans came out in force despite the, you know, that was really hot weather for him out there. So, mate, it was a great show. I guess that was probably like the showpiece of the series, just being standalone. It wasn't really competing with any other races. I know the numbers on MX Vice reflected that. It was sort of like in the, you know, around the top 10 most popular hosts all year, which is pretty crazy considering we cool. cover everything. So that'd be one of them and maybe some other ones that maybe fly under the radar for you. Uh, highlights for me personally with the series was rolling out the CR2285 Cup. Um, I think that was really great to see that come to life. When we put that together, I was expecting, you know, because they hadn't rode Supercross before and, well, you know, most of them hadn't. They didn't have Supercross setups. They don't have Supercross tracks. It's three rounds and how much parents were going to invest on in, on a Supercross bike and suspension for a three-round series. I thought we might get, you know, 10 or so kids at each race. Um, to see that come to life and, and, you know, sell that out, that class with 42 riders originally, have a wait list and then have up an, on an average around 36 per round was just amazing. Um, to include... Um, you know, some of those kids in the show openers and the press days and press conferences, you know, giving them the exact same experience as what the SX1 guys had was really cool. And um, the feedback we've had from parents, you know, we got a nice email yesterday from um, DJ's, DJ's mum. Um, the feedback's just been great. And, you know, uh, you know, her email said to us yesterday that it was just been so nice to watch her son fall in love with supercross and his confidence grow and now that's all he wants to do um because of what we've done with this 85 cc cup um so that was really nice to hear so to see that come to life was was really good um another highlight for me was the show opener at newcastle you know i wrote that um and you know we learned from adelaide show opener with having their mcs run it um and don't get me wrong cam and joe did a and a brilliant job all year. Like I love those two boys and they absolutely killed it for us. But, you know, running the voiceovers with that monster voice like they do in the US um, and having the riders ride out with a flag over their shoulder, like 
Um, I took a lot of pride in that show opener um, to give, again, you know, we've people buy tickets and we've got to give them that experience. And um, to hear Max Anstey say after the race, holy shit, I felt like I was in America, mm. you know, um, the voiceover and the flags and riding out and the crowd, you know, kind of made their hair stand up on the back of my neck hearing him say that, um, you know, and Konsky texted us straight after that and said, oh, man, that show opener was on point. You know, so I really love the show aspect of Supercross. Um, I come from that floor management show background with Nitro Circus and Krusty, and um, I love that. It's probably the part of this job I love the most is is building that and watching that come out. And the Newcastle one was great. And it's quite interesting when we did that for Melbourne, um, the world supercross guy said, you know, can we just use your show opener for Newcastle? And said, yeah, no worries. So we sent everything over because they run that, they run that side of it, you know, even on Friday night, but we sent them everything um, for the Friday night. And then next minute they're changing their show opener and we're getting voiceovers and bits done. So that was kind of nice. Um, I don't think they wanted Friday night to up show the set, uh, you know, up show the Saturday night <laughs> so they had to go and do all that, which was really cool. And that was, you know, the, it was great, you know, it was great to be a part of the World Supercross show opener on Saturday night for me too, you know. Um, it was just, yeah, I get a, a massive thrill out of that and it was um, really cool to be a part of both sides. But, yeah, I, I think for me those those were the highlights. Yeah, absolutely, mate. You set the bar high with those ones, so expect some big things for next year as well, mate, to sort of <laughs> elevate it. And it's pretty cool you're saying with the parents, so much positives and, you know, just happy about it because obviously we mentioned before the series start how you were having those discussions with the angry dads about the direction of the series and how everything was playing out. So that's pretty cool what you say about that, mate. It's sort of it's shifted really in the space of, I guess, a month racing or, you know, a couple of months racing, the series is a bit stretched out. And, and what you say about those kids, you know, getting their feet wet in Supercross, it's so crucial because you're laying more foundations for growth in the sport, not just in Australia, like obviously the Chad Reed and his son, that connection, but then the Aussie kids themselves. And then obviously the UK audience, I was doing a podcast yesterday and obviously Anstey was saying how good it is for the kids because I want to get in the Supercross in the UK now with having such a high profile guy, winning a world championship, winning back-to-back -back Aussie titles. So that's another cool aspect you're sort of creating without even, you know, knowing it in some ways is just a really nice byproduct isn't it it is mate i'm gonna give a massive shout out to max he's probably the most professional rider i've ever worked with in my life i mean we pulled that guy from pillar to post um newcastle adelaide um and melbourne because he was doing double duties there was times where i just didn't want to have to go and get him or ask him to do something for us but man, he never skipped a beat. Whether it was a show opener, he was the first one there on time every time. Never had to chase him. If it was a post race interview, he was there on time every time. Like that guy is just a workhorse. And um, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure he did really well for himself. And I understand, you know, this year I'm sure he kept telling everyone how he was draining Konsky's pockets. <laughs> um, so, but not all of them are like that. You know, for the most part, they're all pretty good. But, man, Max was an absolute pleasure to work with. And um, you just knew if you asked him to be somewhere at some time, you, he wasn't one you had to chase up. Mm. Um, so, yeah, man, I constantly heard him say he wanted to be the, the first British World Supercross champion all year. And, and I'm so glad he's gone and done it because um, he really deserves it because he 
obviously works super hard on the bike, but off the bike, he works just as hard and is just as professional. And man, um, I really appreciated the effort from him. Yeah, cool. Just a couple of words on the, you know, the pathways opening more for these kids through these riders' success and just through the series in itself, giving them an avenue to become pros and to race at a young age, because that's what they need at that age, isn't it? The racing, which is why you brought in the Chad Reed inspired cup. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, man, I can't wait to see when entries open up next year, how many we're going to get. This is going to be be crazy, um, but yeah, it's it's good. Who knows, you know what what we see these kids do. You know they ride bloody amazing. Cooper Ford, Jack Nunn, Lockie Allen, um, you know Declan Smart he, from Adelaide. He was banging bars with these kids, and he was he's younger than them too. Imagine what he's going to be like in two years' time when he's still in that class. Um, so yeah, I. It's a great opportunity. I'm glad we can give it to them. And hopefully in, you know, 10 years time, um, not even, what are they, 12? So, you know, in, in six years time, we can hopefully see a bunch of these kids lining up at A1. Yeah, why not? Yeah, the initiatives you guys have brought in are really good. We've mentioned a couple of things. And obviously, how was your take and the feedback from the privateers? Obviously, you've helped them a lot with the MX store money. And obviously, you have all those packages for media for them where they can access photos, which is a real game changer for those guys. You hear about that across the sport all over, just not really having access to media because they probably yeah. can't afford dedicated guys. But it's also on the other flip of the coin, the exposure for the series must be cool having guys doing the vlogs like Hill and Wilson doing their own thing. So that's another sort of, it shows two sides of the sport, doesn't it, mate? But obviously it means something to them and they see it as an avenue to make great content from. So there's another two things that obviously help everything too. Yeah, the privateer incentive program that we um, put out this year worked really well. It was received well. We delivered everything we said we were going to do. You know, the photo packages are interesting. I actually copped a spray on Instagram from an 85 kid's dad yesterday <laughs> because we missed getting photos of his kid in two two rounds in a row. So I felt bad about that. And um, apparently he employed his own photographer and he, he let me know about that. It's probably the only thing I got ripped into about was missing a, a photo of a of an 85 kid. But um, And if that's the worst thing I'm going to cop it about, then so be it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it worked well. I mean, I think that... It was received well. I think the guys appreciated what we did. Did everyone benefit from it? I hope so. I mean, yeah, we supplied photos. I think we got to figure out how to get that content done better. Even though we had two or three photographers on the ground, it was apparently it was quite hard to get everyone. I didn't think it would be, but um, I'm not the one on the ground shooting photos either, so I wouldn't really know. Um, I, I expected to get everyone, and we may have missed a couple. Uh, I think we need to make sure that when we do that next year, we have a bit more of a focus on, you know, others outside of the top 10 or five, because we seem to have a lot of photos of those guys and not a lot of photos of everyone else. Um, but yeah, we can get better at that. Um, I don't think that program will change for next year. I'm not sure what else we could add to it. It'll definitely be there. MX store have committed to it um, with their privateer payout. You know, we're going, we're committed to paying down a 20th, um, We've committed to the content. Um, surprisingly, not many of them, not many privateers took us up on the free ticket offer where they had to post about the event, you know, and if they pushed every event for us on their social media, they would be allocated tickets for Melbourne. We didn't have to give anyone tickets at Melbourne, no, which was really, no one claimed them. Um, 
so you know you, what do you what's the saying you can lead a horse to water but you can't make a drink you know we tried to work make that a two-way partnership with you know you push the events for us and we'll look after you with tickets for your own sponsors or family um so i think we could look at a way to make that better or easier i mean i don't know how we could make it easier it's just simply sharing content on your instagram saying hey get to melbourne or get to newcastle and they didn't do it yeah. um but whatever that's fine that was on them um it was really cool. We gave everyone a rider profile um, on our website. We did some, you know, privateer content on social media. Um, MX Store did a video of privateers after every round. They collabed with us on that. So there was, you know, at least two or three pieces of content for privateers post-event, um, you know, and before event. What else was there? Uh, also, your own products like the Bench Racer series on YouTube yeah. and with the Channel 7 Association, that was really good. And the commentators, they do a great job, class acts as always. So they sort of do their bit promoting it as well, don't they, mate? So there's definitely a lot of avenues that people can just enjoy the content and watch it. And obviously the press conferences, that was added in as well. So there's so many ways people can, you know, sort of extract, you know, info from the content. And just even for places like us, it's great for us. You give us that photo access. We have some great shots to, you know, accompany our articles, mate. So it's all adds up to make a big product and to get as many eyeballs on it as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Ben Trace is interesting. Um, it didn't really take off on Channel 7, but it's gone well on YouTube. Mm. Uh, I just got some numbers. It started off strong and it's kind of dwindled down per episode so um but but yeah still going strong on youtube which is good i think that's maybe where people prefer to watch our content um maybe on their phone or, or whatever um but yeah it wasn't too many people sitting down in front of a telly on youtube uh, watching seven plus without ben traces i mean it went okay but it's definitely dropped off a lot since the first one i know we've got a couple of episodes to go three episodes to go i think um uh, we've got Brad McAlpine tomorrow night, which I'm really looking forward to that. He's a true character um, and a huge part of Australian Supercross, and he's got a couple of really good stories to tell. So I'm looking forward to watching that one. I actually haven't seen it yet. Um, I'll watch it today, and, and we'll get it over to 7 Plus and get it ready on YouTube. So that'll be really cool. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the coverage from you guys has been great. And when I say you guys, um, the Moto Media in general, but MX Vice, man, I – grew up you know reading mx vice and and well maybe not so much grew up but you know as a fan over the last 10 years i've always looked at mx vice for my european content and to have you guys as mx vice sharing and pushing australian supercross so hard is a massive thrill for me and all of our team like it genuinely gets us excited to see um, Australian Supercross being pushed so hard on, on a European channel like that. And, man, this is the third show I've done with you, and I never would have expected that in a million years. So, it's you know, it's really cool to, to get that um, kind of exposure. So we must be doing something right if people like, you know, MX Vice want to, you know, pick up what we're doing here in little old Australia. So it's it's really cool. No, it's a pleasure, mate. And obviously with me being Aussie, it just sort of makes sense to give coverage to the series here and to, you know, it's good for us. It's good for everyone really to hear more about Aussie Moto because there's so much good stuff happening down here. And obviously with us being so far away in such a small country and, you know, a relatively small series in the grand scheme of things, there's some incredible athletes down here. And obviously you see they get exported to the world stage very often. So no, it's really cool. Obviously the media side of it with Moto Online, Moto Limited, David from Always Moto. There's so many, you know, avenues people can enjoy it and they're all doing their own content, slightly different things in their own different way and it all adds to it. It all gets people talking, gets people interested. So it bodes well for next year, mate. And obviously you mentioned the streaming numbers. 
how were they for the last, I remember Adelaide we were saying was really good, especially considering that it was motocross the nation's weekend. So how were the last two in terms of streaming? You've got some data there, mate. I yeah. guess probably Newcastle was pretty just, awesome, I'd imagine. Just bringing up an email. Hang on, please hold, because I got one at 8, 11 this morning and it's down 9.51. So, That's um, all good, mate. Yeah, so what have we got? Melbourne on the Friday night um, was really good. It had 14,000 people tune in on 7 Plus. Good. And that's, you know, it's interesting that that's compared to around 13,000 on the Saturday night. Yeah. Um, so we had about 14,000 tune in on for Melbourne um, on 7 Plus. We had um, about 19,000 tune in for Newcastle, which was really good. Um and Adelaide was the biggest. We had twenty one thousand. Yeah, people watched the broadcast. Um, and then all the played, replays too. The replays, you know, ten thousand for Adelaide. Uh shit, fifteen thousand for Newcastle. Mm, Melbourne's only around five at the moment, but you know, it's we're only a few days out, so mm. you know, pretty strong numbers, and that's a huge increase. I mean, I don't have what the percentage is right now, but. I know it's a huge increase on, on what we had last year on 7 Plus. Yeah, it's really good. And we're probably, you know, throughout the whole series, we'd be around, you know, six figures plus in terms of view numbers and MX Vice, and that's without the YouTube and, you know, the social media and stuff, podcast listen. So it's pretty impressive, really, for just a three-round series that runs at the end of everything. It's damn good, mate. And obviously, you mentioned last time you're getting feedback from, you know, team miners like your Reeve and Dak, and obviously having Chad Reed. His influence has obviously been a massive part of it with his son, and obviously he promotes it well, and he sort of wants to be a part of it, really, doesn't he? He's not like a sideline. He's definitely involved. He's doing track walks with the kids and it all bodes well for building that momentum and carrying it forward to next year you put yourself in a good position mate and just how you navigate these next few months and obviously you'll be dropping some more news but it's really only exciting times ahead mate yeah absolutely like i said yeah we'll we'll announce 24 um early next year and then we will be straight into it we'll we're into reporting mode at the moment and then we uh we we go after sponsorship for for 24 so if there's anyone out there with a few bucks that wants to jump on board as a you know and be a partner of australian supercross no matter where you are in the world if you're listening over in europe and you you want some eyeballs here in australia um we're the perfect partner for you so uh hit me up and <laughs> so we, we go into that mode and then um yeah we'll, we'll start rolling it out for, for next year not long after that yeah, mate. And obviously, what were some of the biggest challenges? We've obviously spoken a lot of positives as there has been so many positives, but some of the biggest challenges and even negatives that you've encountered this year. I know you probably got a bit of sort of blowback from the Adelaide one with the track. It's obviously the people that do well on that night are going to love it. Some of the people in their, you know, associations that don't do so well, probably not so much. But would you say that was probably the toughest part so far? Yeah, the, the biggest challenge was probably reading the the social media backlash after Adelaide. And I've learned after that just just to not read it. I mean, I say that, but I still do um, <laughs> for the most part, but I definitely don't let it affect me like I did after that because we were on such a high after Adelaide. Everyone who was at Adelaide loved it. Um, you know, we gave a great experience there for the fans and then to come back the next day and, you know, when you're on such a high and to read some of the stuff I read it was a little bit disappointing. Um, so that was a challenge. Yeah, the dirt in Adelaide, it, it broke down, but it, I only broke down a lot during practice. It didn't break down that much during the race. I mean, it did, but not too much. Um, yeah, it was a challenge, but it's always going to be a challenge in there and we're probably going to go back. So we'll probably have a challenge there next time too, but we'll just, you know, use our learnings from it and get more feedback and get others involved. So 
Um, it's not all on us and we'll just be able to, you know, do what we can with that space. That's whether we start outside and grab an extra lane or get rid of that triple. Maybe we don't need the, the big triple and the big finish jump. Hmm. Maybe we run an extra lane there, an, an extra rhythm instead of that triple. Um, because it was a small triple and it was pretty basic. So maybe we, you know, that was some feedback last night when I did a show with Trent mm. and Jats Richardson, uh, perhaps, you know, he said, get rid of the triple and run another lane. So that's really good feedback. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll make it better. And yeah, but other than that challenges, I mean, there were plenty of challenges, but not nothing that was too stressful. I mean, there's challenges on other people and we just, um, you know, like our track crew with Newcastle, having mm. that rain, you know, they got the dirt in. Challenge, Newcastle is always a challenge because the dirt comes in, it gets stockpiled in the car park from Sunday, and then Wednesday it starts getting taken into the venue. So you're double handling a lot. And then you got to clean the car park, and then they're trying to get stuck into us, you know, because the car park's still dirty or it's been scratched or whatever. Um, and, you know, we got the dirt in to Newcastle and it started belting down like fucking pissed down. And then um, that put, you know, a, a, like an eight, eight hour delay on the track and eight hours might not sound a lot to some, but that's a big chunk of your track building window. So then they build that track and then the next day it's, well, sorry, it stops raining. They let it dry. And then the next three days are 35 degrees. Hmm. So it went like concrete. Um, and there wasn't much we can do about that. But, you know, there was a lot of people critical of that track, Chad, for one. Um, Yareev was another. Um, all very critical of that track. I mean, I think the layout was good. But the track went hard. The boys had to put some water on it to keep the dust down, blah, blah, blah. And then it went like an ice skating rink. Um, you know, so I don't know. We I, I tend to stay out of the track stuff. Brooksy and his crew all over it. I don't think I'm going to be able to provide them any information to make it better or worse. I think they know what they're doing. They've been doing it long enough. They don't need me in there telling them what they should and shouldn't be doing when I know 100% they're doing everything they can and whatever they do is the right decision. Yeah, absolutely, mate. It's a pretty thankless task a lot of the time. And there's so many factors outside of their control. And it really is a science doing what they do. So you got to respect them. And yeah, it's one of those things you just sort of can't please everyone. But all the sort of everything was in place for it to be good. You just can't really help the weather in a lot of ways. And what about your thoughts on the tough blocks, mate? There's been a few different opinions about them. Obviously, there is in the AMA as well with those ones. And people seem to enjoy the Paris Supercross one. So what's your thoughts on them, mate? It's sort of like a minor issue in the grand scheme of things. But your thoughts on them, any areas to improve or just keep them as is because they seem to do a pretty good job um no definitely room to improve i just you know um is it that bad of an issue like having cardboard top boxes i mean i think i personally a, don't think it's too bad but there's been a lot of you know keyboard warriors saying that you know they oh, get, yeah the, the outside nick, rap gets stuck in wheels this kind of stuff and i think nick still pushes that one a lot now you know Nick and I had, had some beef at the start of the year, but he's been um, super cool. Um, he's, you know, very, been very com complimentary since Newcastle. So we're all good now, but I know um, he's very, he's got a strong opinion on that and that's fine. That's what he's there for. Um, I haven't really heard too many others kick up a stink about it. Um, and right now I think it is what it is. I mean, I don't think that's a huge problem on our radar. I don't think we would, be getting inflatable tough blocks anytime soon um but maybe we do i just i haven't even had a chance to cost them up or look at where we get them from or anything um but you know i'll bring it 
to the table when we have our debrief with the team and what what we can improve on and yeah i'll just see how that goes but on the grand scheme of things it's like it's okay yeah, I suppose the feedback's good in a way because I suppose people just care, you know. If there's no feedback, like you said, it would mean there's sort of no passion and no sort of interest. But when you have people making their opinions, it sort of shows that you're on the right path and people are, you know, they just want to be as good as possible. And you guys are certainly doing that and listening and doing everything you can to make the product better. So I guess what's in the cards for you for the next few weeks, mate? A little bit of time off or are you straight back into work? Have you got some other projects on the side? Obviously, the kids keep you busy with the racing and you have the bike hair range as well. So what's on the radar till the end of the year for you, mate? And just obviously all um, that work behind the scenes is starting now, I'm sure. Yeah, no, work still still um, carries on. Like This is a really busy week. I was straight in at Marvel Stadium again at 6 o'clock on Monday morning, Um had to drop some things off to put in a truck to take back to the to Gosford. I think it was going. I was in the office all day Monday, um, working on content across World Supercross and Australian Supercross, and making sure that we're delivering on everything we needed to. Because it, you know, SX Global is still a client of AME. Uh, sorry, uh, a client of AMEs, um, and we look after their content and social. So. You know, it's a pretty big week um, post-championship week to get all the content right. So we couldn't just sit still. I sat there with our edit- editing guy, uh, Wade, or, you know, he's, he's our main content guy um, from Archerworks uh, and sat with him and developed a plan over for the next fortnight for World Supercross Social and Australian Supercross Social. So we put that together and then I've been home uh, yesterday and, and today I'll probably work from home for the rest of the week, but we're still... Still pretty busy, just yeah, like I said, rolling out that content, making socials going to plan. Um, again, we're in reporting mode, so we've got a heap of data to sift through. Um, you know, we've got to you know do post event reports for all our Australian Supercross partners. We've got post event reports for you know for the government funding that we receive across World Supercross and Australian Supercross. So we're flat out working on that. Um. I think we're knocking off mid-December, which will be great. And I think we take three weeks off over Chrissy and that and we get back into it. Um, you know, we've got um, Jets and stuff we're working on. So Alice leads that. Um, Alice and Riley and Ethan mainly work across that. So they're um, rolling out their Jets and Christmas drop, which starts next week. Um, so we'll be also busy with that. And then, yeah, just... Um, Look forward to a couple of weeks off over Chrissy. I head to Bright with my family and there's a, a huge um, a huge group of us that go. I think this is our seventh year. We go up to Bright and do a little bit of mountain biking and hanging out by the rivers and waterholes and stuff. So that's, I'm looking forward to that. It's always a huge highlight of my year. And then get stuck into it for, you know, early Jan, mid-Jan. I'm, I'm, I'd love to get to A2. Yeah, I was going to ask you. Any plans? Yeah. I don't know if I am kind of 50-50 at the moment. I'd really love to get over there to A2, so we'll just see what happens. Um, January is a pretty busy time for us with racing with the kids, so uh, I've just got to work around that. I haven't, I can't even remember what date A2 is on, so I've just got to uh, check that out today and, and see if it clashes with anything. If it doesn't clash with anything, which is highly unlikely, um, I've just got to weigh up which way I'd go. Yeah, mate, absolutely. And yeah, any final thoughts? Obviously, you've thanked a lot of people already, but are there any way people can follow you and just keep track of Aussie Supercross if they don't already know or follow you? And any teaser news you can drop for us, mate? You've sort of given us a couple of little sprinkles there, but anything else you can share or you'll have to wait for the next one? No, I think you have to wait. I think I've dropped as much as I can for now. <laughs> Ed, you're trying to milk me for a little bit here, but no, <laughs> I've given you all I can for now. I'm going to have to sit tight. Um, but yeah, you can, obviously, you can... Stay up to date on all the Australian Supercross channels. Um, we're on everything and, and we 
really take pride and put a lot of effort into the content on our social media platforms. So it'd be great to see um, the percentage of following, uh, you know, go up. We've got a really strong following in Europe, uh, sorry, in Australia um, and the US, but I'd love to see um, the guys in the UK and France and everywhere else in Europe um, jump on. I'd love to see a bit of a percentage shift um, for all you guys listening over in Europe now. So uh, while you're listening to this, grab your phone, pull that out and, and jump on Instagram. Make sure you hit Oz, find Oz Supercross and, and hit that follow button. Um, that goes a long way for us. And like I, yeah, like I said earlier, looking for partners for 2024. So if you're looking for, uh, looking for somewhere to get some eyeballs here in Australia, I think we've got a really good, um, platform for anyone. Absolutely. Well said, mate. Obviously, yeah, bigger and better things in 24 expected. And yeah, thanks again for taking the time. It's been another ripper chat, mate. And before we let you go, we'll thank the sponsors in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, AS3 Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, O'Neill, Whole Shop Motorhomes, and of course, Even Strokes for all the incredible supporters. Without them, none of this content would be possible. All right. Thanks again, Mick, and keep up the good work, mate. It's been great to have a chat again. Cheers, mate. Thanks for having me. We'll uh, catch up in the new year. But yeah, like I said, thanks very much for your support. Um, we really appreciate it. And yeah, we're, we're stoked to have MX Vice giving us a big push this year. No worries, mate. Pleasure and all the best.